Uh, but there was a lot of things that I lost because I literally blew up everything. And that was the, that part was the wrong decision. My intention to change things was the right decision. I just didn't do it the right way. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Well, congratulations and welcome back. You have made it to the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. This is news and talk and pointless and questionable information. Uh, to rise you above the unwashed masses, to live life on your own terms. I am your host, Dr. Tony Dufresne, and also along with the uh, lovely Lexi Rodriguez. Hey, Lex. Yes, congratulations to everyone, because if you are listening to this podcast, that means you have finished everything on your to-do list, and you don't have shit to do. Really? Is that, is that where, So our priority <laughs> is like bottom of the page? Is that what you're saying? It. This week, we want to talk about change. And at first, we wanted to talk about just signs that it's time to change your life. But we both went through and did some research on this, and that part's pretty fucking boring because it's pretty self-explanatory and pretty, uh, you know, I mean, common, common just, sense. I mean, the so stuff that we that we thing. saw. I think I tried to explain this in the last show about. I want to work with people who know that already, the basis of those feelings. It's like, of course, I don't want to wake up and go to work. Then there's obviously a problem. Of course, if I picture another guy when I'm having sex with my boyfriend, there's a problem. It's like little things that you need to be aware of. Does that signal a problem? Yes. (laughs) Little things that you need to be aware of. You, these these basic things you should already know. We're talking how to navigate those those basic feelings. We went through three or four different articles and research stuff about um, signs it's time to change your life. And it's about you know when you dread going to work and when you're living in the past or dreaming about the future or people yeah. are constantly telling you to relax or you're or you're more jealous or you're tired or you're antsy or you're gossiping or everybody annoys you. I mean of course in those situations there's some level of disturbance in the force. Any ounce of an unhealthy feeling that is affecting your day-to-day actions and just being is the problem. What we want to navigate is what, which ones to really pounce on and create the direction of growth and which ones to kind of just fucking grow up and have a glass of wine and then tomorrow reset. Not yeah, exactly. move it, to yeah, another country, yeah. fucking reset. Well, yeah, it, it's because what they're talking about and all this kind of stuff is the fact that you're you're not happy and you might be depressed or more irritated. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to go a little bit further and more of a meta viewpoint on that and to take you a few steps back and say, well, you have to start being aware and recognizing why you're not happy if you're not happy. And so that's why we decided to not just stop at signs that it's time to change your life, but we're going to go into three parts. We're going to talk about, well, we just talked about that and I really don't want to talk about that bullshit anymore because it's so obvious. The second part is once that's the case and you feel as though that things aren't cool or you're not okay with where you're at or you know that you should be somewhere else. Then how to take inventory of your feelings and to figure out if actually those feelings are from an ego, like a like a terrible dysfunctional ego program where it's like attention seeking 
or validation from other people, which is a right. not a good motivation to make a change, or if it's from a legit, mm-hmm. true self reason, because you know for a fact, subconsciously, in your true self, that you're not at a place where you need to be, and you you should be further along or and in a different place. And if you do feel... Um, like jealous or just kind of gross once in a while about certain things. Don't feel bad because what you're carrying when you're walking around with like a full soul and the feeling of wholeness, what you're carrying as a human is like a very intact human. And when I say intact, I say like 70, 30, like 70% 70 of you is intact and okay. 30 isn't. So what I'm trying to tell people is well, when they feel gross, don't trip because it's hard to create wholeness and to carry wholeness all the time. You are not perfect. Yeah, but that that's the one thing that people don't understand. The fact is, is that you're perfect in your imperfection and nobody on this earth is cool or happy or joyous or fulfilled 100% of the time. Because you can't be, because you can't continue to expand and to figure out who you are and what you want to do and to influence the people around you if you stay in your bubble yeah. and you and you don't get out there. And once you step one single inch out of your bubble, you're going to start to become uncomfortable. And the uncomfortable part is actually a good part, but it's because you're expanding the way you want to instead of you being pulled into something that you don't want to be doing or you've gotten yourself into because you've made some shitty decisions. That's an ego thing. And that's what we want to talk about in regards to the difference between an ego motivation and a true self motivation. It's about falling seven and getting up eight. And it's also about understanding that you can't get anywhere and you can't progress unless you get out there and you and there's going to be some level of, of falling or failing or whatnot. You have to. Failing is a part of success. There's no way it's not. And every single person that's been successful is a really successful failure too. In fact, I just uh, read something about Babe Ruth. He, he was a home run king up until the you know point where the steroids came in, but he was also the strikeout king too. A great batting average at 400 is Ted Williams' batting average, which is totally. the best it's ever been. That's only four out of 10, but that actually <laughs> leads perfectly into the third part of what we want to talk about. And it's actually, can you change? You might have a lot of motivation. You might have the feeling that, man, I got to get out of here. Or something has to happen. But are you at a point where you can change? And there's actually a theoretical model out there, which is totally legit. It's been around for 30 or 40 years. And it actually states that even if you have the inclination to change, you may not have the motivation or be at the stage where you can make those actions happen. And we're going to talk about those at the end. So the first thing is the signs, it's time to change. And We already touched on those, and it's when you're – I think you're listening to this because you do want to, to be honest with you. I mean, you wouldn't be listening to a show titled Change in any form or fashion unless you had some want to change. Exactly, to change. So that's already in your mind, and there's already been been some question. And I think that that really in the world of – progressive, expansive people, which is our audience anyway, you look to a lot of different opportunities to continue to expand, which means constant change, which is actually what you should be doing in the first place, because we're not really made to, well, we're made to be stoic. We're made to to continue to be in stasis. That's a instinctual uh, survival technique. But that comes from that little part of the brain in the back of the, the amygdala in the limbic system. But our prefrontal cortex and our cortex up in front, the big parts of our brain that we've evolved into, wants to change. 
and wants to expand right. and wants to do be- more stuff and better stuff. So you're already, you're at that point where you've already kicked into that and you want to do some stuff. So that's a all- good feeling too, because it's a progressive feeling. And I think that it's only going to benefit you as long as you don't um, react poorly or or make a change too quick or quit your job because you have this awesome phone app idea like you need to have a plan but you know what I mean those thoughts are good you just have to make sure that at that time in your life those thoughts make sense you know because well, things that, do but have that's... to make sense well, they, yeah, but it's sense to who? That's the whole problem. They might make to sense you to you. To they, they might they might make sense to you after a, a half a bottle of wine and you know a couple hits. But, right, but then then after wrong, you get off yeah. that, you know, well, that's what I mean. I mean, it's, <laughs> or some, sometimes it's not. Sometimes that declutters things, and you're able to really act from a more true. But you're instinctual still going to feel that way when you're sober. Like you still felt that way before you had those drinks or a couple right. hits from the bong, but you're just like loosey goosey enough to express them without em- embarrassment. And that's sadly express them loudly to whomever is around exactly. who doesn't even want to hear it. But yeah, that, exactly. that tends to happen. But, but you that's... know what I'm, what I mean by makes sense is, you know how some people think that just reacting, like we talk a lot about react on your, your gut feeling. And, and I agree with that, but also when, what we're talking about today is changing your life and a big, we're talking about big, huge transition decisions that may, that is, that are going to affect the direction of your life. We're saying, or at least what I'm trying to say when I say makes sense is do not react in a crazy fashion because you're like, Oh, well, Tony said go from my gut. And right now my gut says move to Costa Rica. You know, because then you're going to end up living in your mom's basement (laughs) because you're going to have to come back at some point. That's a very, very good point, because even though you you think that you should change, there does need to be a plan. And I talk about that in my upcoming book, as well as with all of my clients. And you have to you have to assess where you're at. and You have to you have to untie your knots in your rope one at a time. Quick story, like I, I said in the book, and I've told my clients over and over, I was at a situation where I made a huge decision in my life to quit my job uh, without any plan. I mean, my plan was I don't like this job and I want to do right. something else and thinking that the uh, that the universe was going to bring something to me and I lost everything. And this is at a point where I had my own business after I got out of college and I had a bunch of stuff too you know, because I was an idiot at 24 and I bought a boat and jet skis and motorcycles and so all that shit. So can you go back so, now you know, and think of the exact moment where – did you have doubt when you were doing it? Like when you were like, I'm about to quit my job and make this huge change. Were you a hundred percent confident with that choice or can yes. you go back? You were, yeah, so you I can't. Was. So what I, what I was hoping that you would say is that <laughs> you could feel a little bit of doubt and you didn't act on it. I don't think you need to feel the doubt though. Here's what you need to do mm, is, is that, is that I ball. think, I think that when you when you do, and I had a hundred percent, and to this day I know that I did make a decision that I should have made, except I just didn't set it up the right way. My intentions were totally pure, and I was a hundred percent sure in terms of making that decision. But what I didn't do is I didn't set it up to, for success. I didn't set it up to where it was more of a gradient or or a step by step process. Because if I did it the right way, what I would have done is scale back work maybe a little bit. And then take those extra hours during the night to explore and to do some research and to understand exactly. where my next step was going to go. Instead of just cutting – what I call it in the book is I call it the atomic bomb theory. Basically, I, th- I dropped an atomic bomb on my whole life. 
and blew yeah. everything up. Totally. And when you blow everything up in your life, everything gets blown up. And I lost relationships from that. And I lost family connections from that because they thought I was fucking nuts. Yeah. I lost a lot of material stuff, which in the end, I don't give a crap about. But uh, but there was a lot of things that I lost because I literally blew up everything. And that was the that part was the wrong decision. My intention to change things was the right decision. I just didn't do it the right way. And that's what it comes down to. You've got to, if you do decide to make that change, and if you get to the point where you can make that change, then you have to take it in incremental steps, understanding that you have to have a foundation to stand on while you're making the damn change. Yes, I love that you said foundation. <laughs> so this is the thing. I purposely didn't read your notes before I wrote mine. I love that you said foundation because I wanted to really get into the fact that if you're going to make a big change in life that you know is going to blow up your life or may blow up your life, because number one, feeling afraid that this decision is going to blow up your life is a good feeling. Like, it's a great feeling exciting. because you know something's going to shit's going to happen. Basically. But make sure like Tony said, you have the foundation and not only the plan, but in the people that you have in your life. And this, that's what I want to touch on is like, make sure that's you a great have point. the support and not just people patting on you, patting you on the back, not just people um, saying, good job, Lex. Like, I see you're doing great on Facebook or I see you're doing great on Instagram. You know, it looks like you're really happy. Have those people in your life that are like, Lex, are you tripping right now? Because you look like you took a lot on your plate or you look like you've been really busy or you're not making time for me to have some drinks and like chat like we used to. Have those people in your life because if they come at you with those questions, then you're going to be able to walk through it verbally with them as opposed to just yourself in your head where you may, it may cause a negative reaction because you may just be at home drinking coffee at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday night and you must, you might start freaking the fuck out. Do you have any particular individual personal experience with that as in right now? Yeah, but, but that's, you are my support. No, I have a good. But story. that is, but that's a that's that is a valid, valid point, and something that is absolutely, positively, one hundred percent necessary. You have to have support while you go through this. The people that are around you that you have around you understand what your limitations are and understand your strengths and your weaknesses, and they will they will know when you step out of bounds to the point where they know you can't control where you're going. Yeah, and then they'll check you back in. Yeah, I call it that's the, the dance in front of the mirror, act out a scene, practice an interview support. Like nobody wants to do yeah. that shit. Or yeah. it's like even when you're about to go on a new a date for the first time in forever. It's like have those homies that let you practice being on that date. <laughs> you know, I'm like doing some weird shit these days and it's like stuff out of my norm. But my friends are allowing me to practice with them and I'm letting them laugh at me so that... I'm not tripping when someone else laughs at me. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. But but overall, and the end result is the fact that you are getting support through your growth and you're also being reinforced as the fact that your originality is who you are and it and it should not be taken any other way except for the fact that it's who you are. And I yeah, think just, I think it takes a lot of the whole thing about being uh, sensitive to judgment out of that because you know as much as people are sensitive to other people's judgment it which keeps a lot of people from doing anything by the way uh, we're I asking think, for advice so, like don't be afraid to ask for advice yeah 
Yeah, but but so many people do because they feel as though it, it's it's the whole adage of being in a classroom and it's the you know there are no stupid questions they're just stupid people asking questions, but that that's why people don't ask questions because they want they don't want to feel stupid. Yet the fact is is that that question could be something that somebody else wants to hear as well. Right, but there so, are stupid questions, so it could also yeah, be yes, stupid. there <laughs> yes there are, but but you learn but from every question you will learn. That's no, the I whole, know. That's the whole thing. You know I what just I mean? think that some people need to keep their mouth quiet. And yeah, but 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 that that's way. the but that's the that's the instructor's job. I mean, I in groups, I will do that too because there's usually there's always one, right? There's always I always call yeah, it the shell sure. the shell answer man, but it's actually the shell question man. There's You're always like God. I'm there's so always sad one person in the group that has to be the and they're not necessarily the kiss ass. They could be, but sometimes they're not. But they're the ones that are always asking the obvious or they're asking questions to reinforce something that they already know. And I know that they're doing that and everybody else knows that they're doing that. It's a big pain in the ass. And so what I do is, and what the instructor should do is shut them down. And it's pretty easy to do that. And then you just take them aside and say, listen, man, I get what you're saying, but if you have anything, just talk to me afterwards because you're taking time away from the class. When that happens to me with um, people I work with and like my employees, I just like kind of laugh politely and I'm just like, dude, you know the answer to that. If you don't ask a question that I know you know the answer to, if you're going to ask me a dumb question, make sure that I don't know that you know the answer because I will make you feel stupid as fuck if I know that you know. It's such a fine line on that, though, right? Because sometimes you think that this this is such an obvious thing and I feel terrible for not knowing the obvious thing. But I have to ask it because I I don't know I kind of just feel impelled to ask and but people are gonna think I mean I it's such a roundabout I just say I go know. ask the fucking question and if there's an issue and if you're asking ten or twelve questions that it's the instructor's job to create the boundaries within the 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 you know the area yeah, and I'm the and the group so you know oh gosh oh yeah. it's it's a scene man so all that being said I want to transition into the third part here. And the third part is really, really important because as much as you may want to change, there's a chance you can't, surprisingly, because a lot of people think it's very binary. They think it's either A, you know, I don't want to change or B, I do and then I can, which is actually not the case based upon a very, very popular and very supported model of change. And it's called the Trans Theoretical Model of Behavior Change. It's called, it's known as the TTM and it was developed in the late 70s. It identifies five distinct stages of change that people move through uh, when modifying behavior. Now, the the research showed that less than 20% of the population at risk, which is 20% of the people that need change, are prepared to take action at any given time. So that's pretty small. You would think they'd be bigger, but it's not. So there's a chance that the reason that you haven't been able, not you, Lexi, but you as in, you know, people, the reason you haven't been able to get into the action mode and make a change is because you aren't in a supported stage of decision making. And I wouldn't want you to get all bummed out when you continue through this whole thing or continue through your process and you can't seem to follow through on every little baby step because there's a, there is a reason why maybe you're stuck. And then the problem is, is that if you're stuck on a early stage or a stage where you really can't take physical action, then not only are you pissed off or are you pissed off that you uh, are where you're at, but now you're pissed off that you can't take action. So it's like you pick up two hammers and you're beating the shit out of yourself. It just makes it worse. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be pissed at yourself when you don't wake up and go to the gym in the morning because 
you thought you were kind of you kind right. of and thought you, it but you kind well, of knew you weren't gonna right and well. on pa- and on paper or, or if, if somebody looks into your life and they see it they go well why don't, you, why don't you just get up well there's a lot more to it than that and it's not and i'm not being an apologist for being apathetic but i'm just saying there is a lot to it from a psychological standpoint oh, so sure. i i want to go over the stages and then and i think that will explain to some people why maybe they aren't ready to change right cool, so let's do it they might want to, but they're not ready. So the first stage is called pre-contemplation, pre-contemplation. And in this stage, you aren't even intending on taking action in the foreseeable future, which is what they measure it as in more than six months. I yeah. like to refer to this the time as the intentionally clueless stage, or maybe you've had so many starts and stops. Uh, essentially, you've given up and refused to do any reading or talking or thinking about your current shit show. And other characteristics of this include being resistant or unmotivated or absolutely not ready, even if you get handed a golden opportunity on a silver platter. Now, the good news is because you are listening here and you have invested your valuable time into kind of getting to know yourself a little bit, I think that most people listening here are most likely not in this stage. Yeah, I think they, you know what I mean? Or I mean, maybe they're like going forward in that hesitation juke out because that hesitation feeling can throw you off too. A lot of times can. if I hesitate on making a decision, I has not only am I hesitating, but then I'm thinking twice about the hesitation. Right. That, that's that's picking up both hammers. True yeah. or not. Exactly. So that's I, picking up both hammers. It's being able to see an emotion floating up to you and to where you're about to find, like react on it and being able to calculate the plan in 0.2 seconds. <laughs> well, it's about, yeah, it's about trusting the emotion and not overthinking it. Again, uh, your generation is the most overthinking generation I've ever out of the three that I know of uh, that I've, that I know. So yeah. the se- that goes into the second step and the second step is called contemplation step. Now here's where things start to happen. This is the stage where you have the intention to change within the next six months or so. It's where you're aware of your current dumpster fire situation and you know that making a change would make it better for you. And in this stage, you're more aware of the benefits of making a change, but big, but for some reason, you're still coming up with a cornucopia of reasons why you shouldn't change. And if you did the split paper trick, you know you know that paper trick where you put on one side, you put the reasons why you should, and then the reasons why you shouldn't on the other side. Have you done that before? The split the paper trick, um, the pros and cons of yeah. doing an action. I mean, you know, probably it, you know, like, you. like like like, like <laughs> right, point. right, like moving to San Diego, the pros of it and the yeah, cons of it. Totally. And if I you have in my brain. Right, right. So if you, it's, I have that, I have my clients do that for, for major decisions. Yeah. So if they put the pros on one side and the cons on the other, you would come up with a pretty close to an equal amount on both sides if you're in this contemplation stage, because you think, eh, it could go either way. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a 51, totally. 49 but type of you're thing. You're subconsciously doing that to yourself because. Well, your you're like counteracting your negatives with positives, so you're just not making any forward movement. Right, and that's called selective ambivalence. That means your ego is strong enough to keep you from creating enough mental leverage to, to justify the change. Your ego still wants you. Remember, remember, if you remember anything from this whole show, remember the ego wants you to stay the same. It wants you to stay where you're at. The ego's nice and comfortable in there. (laughs) Comfortable because you know why? Because anything outside of your small bubble is dangerous and the ego is, is solely meant to protect you. And that's how it's got a whole fridge of beer. 
He's he fully just wants you to kick. He wants you just ki- to kick and watch Simpson reruns for the rest of your life. So what's that called? That's called procrastination, isn't it? Yeah. And even though, and even though you can think of a thousand ways to make a change, you still won't be able to make it happen. Even if you get pissed and have like a fuck it moment, you know, like ah fuck it, and start to move on something, you won't be able to follow through on it if you're in that stage because you won't have generated enough positive momentum to see yourself through the multiple hurdles and all the resistance from yourself and others that you'll face along the way. Now, there's a chance you could be sitting in this stage with your wheels spinning in the mud, and I like to call this the stuck stage. Mm. That's the contemplation stage. But that rolls into the preparation stage, which is stage three. And in this stage, it's where you actually you actually get off the couch, wipe the Cheetos dust off your shirt, and take some prelim action steps, such as maybe researching neighborhood gyms to join, or looking up class schedules, or buying a self-help book, or you know whatever, something along those lines. Now, when you're in this stage, you're ready to rock to the point where measurable action will be within one month. So that's kind of in terms of the research, they say you're going to take action within one month if you're in the preparation stage. You may actually even have a rough sketch plan of action like you talked about earlier, kind of Mm -hmm. a plan of action where you have kind of broad strokes and basic steps to climb out of your current muck. At this point, you've kind of overpowered that bastard ego just enough to where you create some positive momentum, which typically takes on the form of obtaining knowledge about your next step or uh, uh, where you can make a solid plant uh, right out of the gate. Now, this is a good place to be because you've created an internal commitment to make the change, and this is where you've actually started to see those before and after pictures in your head. You can actually see results in your head now. You have to. You have to you, visualize but that's, that. And that, and that. But that can only happen if you're in the preparation stage. So if you're still is, in the contemplation stage. This is what I want to add to that, though. You're right. So once you get to the preparation stage, that's how that's how you get to it actually let's call that the diploma for preparation because <laughs> if you're in the contemplation stage you're not visualizing it yet once you're you not, start you're to not there visualize no. it then you can step forward because that's what's going to make it all happen and i read an article in entrepreneur magazine that basically said you know you're ready and you're really ready when your the whole plan thing you're ready to prepare but also what i got from it was they said you're passionate about work but not your job that was their words and Mm -hmm. it's like of course because like my thing is your job shouldn't feel like a job if i'm working a job that i'm not learning anything from and i dread to go to it that's that's two horrible signs that I need to get out. But right. that's a sign. if I'm right. working a job that, yes, is paying my bills, and as millennials and entrepreneurs, you still need to pay your bills. So if you are working a yeah. job that's paying your bills, but you're still learning and you're smart enough, this is why I said manipulate last week, you're smart enough to manipulate a plan in that paying job that is keeping you financially um, stable, then keep going and utilize all the knowledge you're getting from that, but manipulate it to work in your entrepreneurial direction. Well, that's a perfect situation, isn't it, Lex? I mean, that's the that's the having the foundation the to be able situation. to learn, as well as you're you're taking care of the real life stuff. I always call that I call that bridging, because bridging is taking putting one foot and planting it in into the I like to call it the you know the the external life, which is the paying the bills yeah. and going to the store and having to and and creating and having the ability to take care of your responsibilities in the outside world. Whereas your other foot gets firmly planted in yourself and your ideals and your passions and what you want to do with your own damn life. 
And you can live life that way very, very easily. And that's actually the best way to go about doing it. But you can't atomic bomb your fucking life and throw all your cards into one side or the other because it's not going to work. Yeah. You have to have the balance. And, and I think that's a really good point that you brought up. And that brings us into the stage four. So we talked about the pre-contemplation, which is, you know, you're not even close. We talked about contemplation where you're like, eh, but it's like six months and you haven't even decided on a plan. We've talked about preparation where that's where the plan starts happening. And you've actually maybe even started doing some research, started Googling stuff. Then it gets into the action phase. Now, this is where if if you're in the action phase and you've listened to all this kind of stuff and you're ready for a change, you're going to make a fucking change. Because you're, because you're, because you're all set up. I certainly hope so. If you're not excited Mm -hmm. for your change, I mean, really, let's put it, if you're not excited for your change, then something's very wrong. Then, yeah, then you're wrong. You're right. And excited. Right. And and excited can be. (laughs) Do not jump. Wait a minute. Wait, let's say that again, just to make sure nobody, everybody heard that. You're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. My neighbors hate me. (laughs) Your neighbors hate you anyway, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) So let's talk about stage four. just had a baby. As the, well, congratulations to them. As the name implies, this is where shit gets done. And now technically, this step is where you make specific and measurable modifications in your life within a six-month period, which means actions uh, taken have changed your life enough to where you can tell you're in a different place, physically or emotionally or spiritually. This is the step that most people have accepted as the only behavioral change step, although now you and I know... It's only one of five stages in this whole thing. And it's in this step where the process of experimenting and prototyping and improvisation become solid game-changing tools. It's about being in motion and doing whatever it takes to stay in motion. It goes without saying that this is where you're going to be confronted. This is where you're going to be confronted with the usual suspects known as fear, doubt, second-guessing, failure, and possible self-sabotage. Now, however... Because you're already, you already know those obstacles, those obstacles will jump in front of you at this point, and now you have the knowledge and the tools to work through them, hopefully, you'll be able to, to keep the ball rolling. And every single time you successfully navigate one of those obstacles, it'll make you stronger. Now, essentially, you're training yourself to be super efficient life master by creating a flow of positive reinforcement as you consistently knock down those barriers that have been standing in front of you since you can remember. And right. that's the momentum we're talking about. The momentum is not necessarily about just moving forward. Momentum is about understanding that you're going to hit these bullshit obstacles in front of you. You think, why are these things even here? And most of the time you put them in there yourself, but you're going to think, yeah. why are these here? Momentum is about understanding that they will not stop you and they're conquerable and well, you can get through it's about creating them. fuel but from the fear. And then it's also about being excited about this new energy and momentum that you're getting because you didn't have it before. So it's like you're already transforming into someone chasing their dreams like and is closer than the person a month ago, you know? So these feelings are good things. So you can't, I'm glad you said that, that this is when fear and all that bullshit gets in the way, because when you feel those things, what you need to do is turn them into other things, turn them into excitement. It's like when you, when your boyfriend broke up with you back in the day and you're like, I'm just going to hate him so much that it doesn't make me sad or that I don't miss him. And honestly, your mind, you you can create whatever feeling you'd like with your mind. And that's a scary feeling because it could be good or bad. Mm-hmm. If you use it for good, you're going to have great success in life. That's better it energy. Bad, 
Right, exactly. But it's like, I could literally think hate you into being over you. You know what I mean? So it's like, people do that all the time. This fear into passion and fuel. Mm -hmm. So people do that all the time. But that's, but that's the key. And the point is, is that understanding this model, the reason why you might not be able to just jump out the door immediately when you feel like you need to do something different and do it is because you may not be ready to do it. So understanding that and understanding the stages, go through the stages, see where you're at. If you need to move into the preparation stage, then do the things you need to do to move into the preparation stage. If you need to move from from that into the action stage, then do that too. But that's why I wanted to share this today because I think this is hugely important because every single client I've ever had in my whole thing over since 2009, which is what, eight years now, doesn't know about this. Mm-hmm. And they don't, and because the, and the problem is, is if you don't know about this and you think it's a binary world where either, you know, you want to change and you can, uh, and then that doesn't happen and then you feel like shit about yourself, that just makes it worse and it's a downward spiral. And then, and right. then you don't want to try anymore. And that's, and that, and, and that, then that's a hopelessness. And that puts you in a terrible position. And it doesn't have to be that way. This is a process. It's not easy. You may not be ready to make a change, even though you're totally pissed at your life and you don't like the way that it is and you keep bitching and whining about it and you want to do something. And uh, for some reason, you can't get out of bed or you can't get to the gym or you can't get to the computer after work and Google up the thing you really want to do for a couple hours a night, you can't do that. Well, you, you're you just not at the point where you exactly. can do that at this then point. it's not time. Okay, not take, time. take the steps. Take the steps. Because anybody, anybody has the ability to do any of these fucking steps. There's, there's no limitations on this at all. There's no rule and there's no law that says that, you know, Joe Blow over in, you know, Pasadena can't do this. The, that doesn't exist. Anybody can do this and they can go through their own process. They have to just know how. Remember... Uh, you can find us, if you can find me on javabud.com, you can find the show notes there. We are also going to be uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Rate and review. We're our own individual voice and we're finding our tribe. So if you know of somebody who uh, gets our weird, bullshitty stuff, then uh, you know, turn them on to us. And Lex, where are you at? Um, hit me up at lexiacrucialawareness.com. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.